Sunday, January the 31st. Welcome to the Spurlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everybody. And here we are in the last Sunday of January in this strangest of season. Much love to you all as we uh, say goodbye to the Daniel Fast. Christmas is a distant memory. And we begin to look towards the rest of the year to spring and to Easter and beyond. And I guess if we're honest, we're wondering what to make of it all. What do we dare look forward to? Two. And I find myself drawn to a big section of the Bible that is probably the most unread section of the Bible. Books like Nahum and Obadiah and Amos and Habakkuk. It begins with perhaps more familiar books like Isaiah, but ends with other books, Zephaniah and Zechariah, that perhaps we know precious little about. And yet these books, this moment in Israel's history, takes up uh, at least half of the Old Testament. We know that the beginning of the Old Testament, after the creation stories and the promises to Abraham and God using Joseph, that the people of Israel are rescued from slavery in Egypt and they go through the wilderness into the promised land. And and things went really well for a while and they had some great moments when King David was on the throne and there were great promises about the future. But slowly things began to go wrong and decline and corruption and disappointment and immorality. All kinds of things began to beset the people of God until eventually they went into a lockdown of their own. There are very different reasons to us, but they went into a lockdown of their own. Their mission as the people of God was momentarily, quite literally, unplugged. And I guess we know something about being unplugged, don't we? It's the first thing we do when something doesn't work. Unplug it, plug it back in again. We've kind of learnt that when things are unplugged, it creates the opportunity for a reset. And that's what was happening to the people of God there right in the middle of the Old Testament. During that time that we call exile, their lockdown, they were quite literally being reset, being rebuilt into uh, the people of God. And as we think about their story and their situation I wonder what it's saying to us about our time right now of being unplugged. It's not that the church has died or that in any sense the church has gone away. The church is more alive than ever. But we have been unplugged from our normal rhythms, our normal way of gathering, our familiar way of doing things. Maybe our time of being unplugged is also like those people of old 
a call to reset. So what were all these books, and there's loads of them in the Old Testament, that were written at various stages of this unplugging and resetting? What do all these books say? What was God saying to them? In other words, what God is now saying to us. What was God teaching them? And is what they were learning important for us to learn in our own time of reset? These are the questions that I hope we'll begin to explore and answer in the coming weeks. Indeed, months, I think, as we settle into this part of the Bible that's perhaps uh, less read and less understood, but speaks so much into the situation that we find ourselves in in these days. And so we'll begin with Isaiah. Isaiah from chapter 40 on, and there's loads of debate about when he was writing and and so on, but the situation into which he was speaking was the people of God in lockdown. They'd been unplugged from their way of life, unplugged from their mission of God, and to be honest, they were feeling pretty fed up and deflated. They were in Babylon, in captivity, And do you know what? They couldn't see any way out. They couldn't imagine that this dark period that they were going through would ever come to an end. They felt trapped. They felt like the powers surrounding them, the Babylonian gods, the powers of the nations, the the powers of the worldly global circumstance had locked them in and perhaps they would never get out of it. Sound familiar? I guess I can relate to maybe you to those kind of feelings. That what we're in right now is, is locking us in. And will we ever get out of it? Will it ever come to an end? Where is God in the midst of these great worldly powers that seem to be at work? These great worldly forces that seem to be at work against us. And Isaiah begins with his message that God had given him into that situation. And it's as true and as relevant to us today. God says to Isaiah, tell my people to be comforted. Comfort my people. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That the God of heaven came to his people that were disorientated and disillusioned, feeling trapped, wondering if there was ever a future for them. And God said to Isaiah, bring the message of comfort. Tell my people that their sad days will come to an end. I don't know about you, but I need that message this week. Your sad days will come to an end. And to be honest, sometimes it's overwhelming, isn't it? The sadness that some of us are going through across the Burlington family at the moment is just overwhelming. But God says, comfort my people. Remind them that these sad days will come to an end. Why? Well, that's what Isaiah goes on to talk about in the rest of chapter 40. Why? Because God is bigger than the rulers of their day. God is bigger than the rulers or the things that seem to rule 
our day. God is bigger than religions. God is bigger than history. God is bigger than the nations. God is bigger than the universe. He spells it all out that there is no one equal, no one like God. He's bigger than it all. And he comes today to your home and mine, to your family and mine, to your situation and mine, and says, you know, bring the words of comfort, because these sad days will come to an end. Now, it is true that Isaiah begins from this point to paint a vision of the future, of what the reset would look like, what the people would look like after they've been unplugged and rebooted again. What would it be like, a vision for the future? And I can absolutely understand you thinking, do you know what, Simon, I can't even think about tomorrow, I can't plan for next week, let alone be thinking about the future. I totally understand that. However, A vision is a picture of hope for the future that does bring hope in the present. A vision is a picture of the future that not only is about hope for the future, but it does bring hope into the present. I know this is a distant memory, but can you remember the last time that you booked a holiday and you were so looking forward, it's so filled with hope. The next morning after booking the holiday, you went into work with a little bit of a skip in your step because you had a vision of the future that was creating hope in the present. And this is what Isaiah begins to do for people that are really struggling in this lockdown season that they were in. He begins to give them a picture of what they will be like once they've been reset and rebooted. And that picture began to stir hope and faith. That picture began to comfort the people. And that's my hope and prayer over the next weeks and months as we paint a picture about what it might mean to be reset as God's people, what the rebooted Burlington family after this season of being unplugged might look like and feel like. I'm hoping that that picture will bring the same energy and hope that it began to bring to those people that Isaiah was first speaking to. God's got this. God's got this. And finally, from Isaiah, there is even in chapter 40 a hint of something that we know, something that we've talked about before, that God is moving us to something better. Remember, through the wilderness into the promised land. And Isaiah chapter 40 ends with very familiar words about us soaring on wings like eagles. What's ahead, Isaiah is saying, is going to be fabulous. And so in chapter 43 of Isaiah, he says, look, don't keep looking back and thinking about the glory of the past. And in Isaiah 43, he was reminding them about the great things that God had done through the exodus, the wilderness wanderings, the promised land and so on. Even though God has done great things in the past, don't look back to those things. Don't remember the former days. Don't remember what it used to be like to be part of the Burlington family and long for those days 
Because like Isaiah, we, we can't go back. It's not the same anymore. When uh, they were released from captivity and they went back to their land, it wasn't the same. It was totally different because of the experience that they had gone through and the land had gone through. So with us, when things, this lockdown, these things come to an end, we can't go back because we're different. The whole thing is different. And Isaiah says, look, it will be better than before that was the promise that was the hope so don't just look back and long to go back look forward and we've been talking about those things uh from time to time over this whole period so there it is the beginnings in isaiah of helping the people stuck right in the middle of a very dark season of their lives they'd been unplugged they were locked down but it was the beginning of a reset God was calling them to reset their life and mission, even in that dark place, because great days were ahead. Maybe God's calling us to reset our life and mission, because there are great days ahead. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you that there's no place we can go that's beyond your spirit or outside your presence. When the people of God were taken to Babylon, you spoke to them there. When we go through the dark valley, you are with us there. Thank you for your presence today. And we thank you for this major part of scripture that spends all of this time, all of those books, talking about the great reset that the people of God went through in their day. And whilst the circumstances for us are very different and the reasons are very different, yet in some ways we too have been unplugged. We too have been taken away from what is normal. And we too are being invited to be reset to be rebooted, to be set again on the path of your people and your mission in perhaps new and greater ways. So we thank you for the hope that this stirs. We know we're not there yet. We know that where we are right now is difficult and challenging and we pray for one another and we whisper the names of people we know and love, especially who are struggling at this time for people who are anxious, for people who are afraid, for people who are ill, for people who are separated from loved ones, for people who are longing right now to hug children or parents or brothers or sisters, even spouses. Be with us. But whisper still. Comfort. Your sad days will come to an end and help us to begin to see a picture a picture of what one day will be true a vision of the future that will create hope in the present we are so thankful to be part of this wonderful Burlington family we're so grateful for one another we can't wait to be together we can't wait to uh a journey in fresh and new ways. But until then, 
May your words to us keep us rooted in comfort and in hope that you are not thwarted. You weren't thwarted when they went into exile. In fact, you said in advance that that would be so as a promise. And so we claim that same promise, that you are with us through and to the end. So we thank you. And we rest in your peace. And in these few final moments of this time together, we invite you to highlight just one thing from this morning that we will grab hold of, that we will take with us into this coming week. So thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the promise that we can look ahead to the new thing that you are doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Please, please don't hesitate to be in touch. If there's any way that we can help and love and serve you uh, during this season. God bless you.